This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Let's get to it. Happy Thursday. Hope you enjoyed the Blue Jays and the Orioles. We are back here on Sportsnet today with one hour edition on this Thursday. We're coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. And what an hour we have for you. We will get a stamps report with Matty Rose coming up. He set for kickoff tonight from Ottawa. It's the Stampeders and the Red Blacks. Both teams going for their first victory of the season. But it's the news of the day in Calgary. The announcement that we've all been waiting for. The Calgary Flames have named Jerome Aginla special advisor to the general manager. It's a move that we've been anticipating since the hiring of Craig Conroy. And now the franchise icon of the Calgary Flames is back in Calgary. Outstanding producers Cam and Taylor along with us today. Intern Shan is here. Soon to be not a part of this organization at all. Alex Brody is here. Yeah, I'll actually be uh, joining Iggy as a special advisor. (laughs) Yeah, you'll... Special is the main word there. All sorts of special coming from Alex Brody. But that's really the only place to start. Calgary Radio, the home of the Calgary Flames. You're going to want to talk about it. The fan feedback line is open at 960-960. Let's hear about it. How excited are you that Jerome Aginla is back with the Calgary Flames? Before we get into this, I've been excited about this news for a very long time. I'm born and raised in Calgary. Jerome McGinley is one of my, not just hockey heroes, he's one of my sporting heroes that I grew up just watching and admiring for years and years. So I wanted to start here, and it is so great to see Jerome McGinley back where he belongs. Not in L.A., not in Boston, not in Pittsburgh, not in Colorado. There was one spot for Jerome Aginla to start this part of his career, and it's right here in Calgary. There should be no misconceptions about this. If you want to be the franchise that has greats and keeps greats in, you know, you've got a great alumni system that continue to be great parts of this community, and you want to have this history of guys being able to come back into the organization, it had to start with Jerome. And with all due respect to Craig Conroy and other Flames players that have come back and been important parts of this organization, when Jerome McGinley says, look, I'm ready to take that next step into the NHL world of management, of scouting, of whatever it is, the Calgary Flames needed to make sure Without a doubt that he was coming back 
to do that here. He is a Calgary Flame legend. The greatest player this franchise has ever seen, and it would be a disservice for him to start that anywhere else. The door should always be open for Jerome McGinley to explore any sort of NHL opportunity here in Calgary. Bar none, end of conversation. I don't care who the GM was. It works out great that he has a great relationship with this GM, but as his kids get older and they're starting to move out of Kelowna and he can start to you know, focus on what his post-playing career looks like, if it was going to be in the NHL, it had to be in Calgary. I'm sorry. It would have been, in my mind, a disaster for him to go anywhere else. There's too many pictures already of Jerome McGinley in other teams' jerseys, and I get how his career ended. He wanted to chase a Stanley Cup, and he deserved that opportunity. But it still pains me, and I think it still pains Flames fans to see him in that Boston jersey, the Pittsburgh jersey, Colorado, whatever it was. And sure, could he have taken an opportunity elsewhere in the NHL because that's where his family wanted to go, that's where he wanted to move? Sure, all of those things were on the table. But if he was willing to come back to Calgary, the door should have, and it is open to his return, and I'm extremely excited about that, and I think it's a great opportunity here for Craig and Jerome to come back and, as Jerome said in a couple of quotes today, finish some business that has been 20 years in the making for him, Craig Conroy, and other parts of this organization. So the official announcement today from the Calgary Flames is that Jerome again is back with the Flames organization in an executive capacity as special advisor to the GM. He will support Craig Conroy in all areas of hockey operations Here is a quote from GM Craig Conroy, quote, dating back as far as our playing days with the Flames. Jerome and I have always talked about one day working together in the NHL. That day has finally come, and I'm happy to welcome welcome him back to Calgary. Jerome provides a creative approach and a smart hockey mind to our team, but with a passion for the game and a desire to win the Stanley Cup. Our relationship goes back 20 years and includes being opponents and teammates combined with a longstanding friendship. While our views on the game are similar, we often challenge each other on systems and playing style, always pushing each other to be better. I look forward to our team benefiting from his fierce competitiveness, career experiences, and love of hockey. Jerome's position with the Flames will be in an advisory role, uh, like I mentioned, all areas of hockey operations as assigned by the GM. Uh, for this year, Jerome's going to continue his coaching responsibilities with Rink Hockey Academy in Kelowna, and he'll support the Flames in a shared time capacity. Uh, the role will ex- is expected to expand into next season when he's um, finished up his commitments with Rank Hockey Academy. Uh, again, quoted in the uh, release today is saying, quote, I'm grateful to the Flames ownership and Connie for this opportunity to transition my career back to the NHL. It's a very well-earned acknowledgement for Connie as GM, and I am looking forward to supporting him and the team in a more engaged capacity. If you aren't aware of what the man accomplished during his time in Calgary, he was the 18th captain in franchise history, receiving the honor back in 2003 when Craig Conroy passed the captaincy over to him. 525 goals, 570 assists in 1,219 games 
with the Calgary Flames. One of the best power forwards of his generation. 30, time, uh, 30 goal scores 11 times. Four of those times he surpassed 40 goals. Twice doing it uh, while reaching 50 goals. All while wearing the Flaming C. Originally an 11th overall pick by the Dallas Stars in 1995. He was acquired by the Flames on December 19th. Would be an all-rookie team finalist that year. A runner-up for the Calder Memorial Trophy winner. Of course, helping the Flames to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final in 03-04. Six-time All-Star in Calgary. First-team All-Star three times. He leads the franchise in games played. Goals, points, even strength goals. Power play goals. Game-winning goals. And stands second in assists. Tied fourth in franchise history in shorthanded goals. And third in hat-tricks. He retired back July 30th of 2018. After 20 years in the NHL, his number, of course, hangs from the rafters of the Scotiabank Saddledome and was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2020. That's just a portion of a resume. Decent one. If you haven't heard, the guy's pretty good. So... And this is something it's I'm glad we're here finally because this is something that Pat's talked about for a long time and uh, on Flames Talk, and I'm excited to hear what Pat's got to say about this today because he's been on this from the beginning. If you've listened, he's told you Conroy means Aginla's coming. He's believed from the beginning that this meant a path back to the Flames organization for Jerome, and today it becomes true, and again, I go back to my initial point. It should be here in Calgary. The Flames should have made sure that every single door was open to him when coming back to the team, and I'm so glad that he gets to have that opportunity here in Calgary. Will it become what Craig's role was with Calgary? I I don't know. I'm curious to see where Jerome's interests lie. Is he going to be more in a management capacity with the future of perhaps being a GM? Is it more on the player development side of things? Is it a scouting role? Um, as no one really better than Craig knows, coming into these opportunities, they give you a lot to explore. The good thing is, I think Jerome brings that competitiveness. I think he brings that fire to him that he wants to win and he wants to be part of a winning organization. And he fits the mold of what Craig Conroy's talked about since his first press conference as GM. And that's creating that culture and that desire to be in Calgary. And if you don't have that, we don't want you in the organization. Craig wants to be here. Ryan Huska wants to be here. Jerome McGinley, one of the greatest players in hockey history, not just in, in Calgary history, wants to be a member of the Calgary Flames. So if that's finding other players, pro players, amateur players, prospects, and, and weeding out those who want to be in Calgary and want to create a winning culture in Calgary, if that's what Jerome's role is, I think it's a home run. I think it's a slam dunk hiring for the organization today and one that's been in the works for a very, very long time. Uh, the fan feedback line open to you at 960-960. As you can imagine, Flames fans have a thing or two to say about uh, Jerome McGinley coming back into the organization. Uh, This one says, how many special advisors to GMs are there in the NHL? I don't know that answer off the top of my head. 
Um, that's I, I can't tell you that. Off the, I'm sure there's a, a good number of them. And Jerome's situation is unique in the sense that he has a commitment to Rink Academy in Kelowna already. And so I think having that title eases up responsibilities because he's not going to be full-time in Calgary just yet. Uh, Matt and Cochran, our pal texting in saying, Iggy's joined the front office of the Flames. I'm shocked. Shocked. Well, not not that shocked. Uh, this one says, why is it so great? Uh, it's a token hire. I don't think it's a token hire. I really don't. I think that when the greatest player in franchise history asks to come back or wants to come back in a capacity, I think the Flames owe him that opportunity. But I don't think Jerome's coming here, you know, simply for good publicity. This guy was one of the biggest competitors wanting to win, you know, striving to win day in, day out. I want more people like that in my organization. Do I know what Jerome's going to do? Do I know what direct impact he's going to have on the team? No. But like I said, do I want people who are willing to be in Calgary and willing to make the Calgary Flames better? He fits the bill for both of those as far as I'm concerned. I, I couldn't disagree more that it's a, a token hire. Uh, this one says, as we were talking about uh, Alex here, who will Logan rip off in NFL trades with Alex leaving? I don't know yet. I haven't decided. I'll have to find somebody to fill that role. Maybe Cam. Maybe. Although I think Cam tried that with you, and it just didn't work. I don't know. It's... um. Cam might be a little smarter than me, nah. but I will not take credit for that. Uh, this one says, Hey boys, I'm super excited for Iggy to be back about time. And more importantly, where's Alex going to sleep now that he won't have access to the cot in the back room of the stage. <laughs> There's benches across. Well, it's I funny. I'll, I'll, I'll still need i uh, I'll use my secret entrance that nobody knows about. And yeah, still be here. Uh, this one says, I'm so glad Logan is so hyperbolic, but uh, what has he done after hockey? What skill set does he bring to management? What will he be able to do? And then what about your point that he'll stay in Kelowna? Well, okay, first of all, he's got more hockey knowledge. I want people that know the game in my organization. Of he, What has he done past hockey? Well, he's been a parent. I can't sit here and tell you what his resume is because... He's busy coaching his team. He's taking time away from, from hockey to, to be a parent. This is his first role in hockey. But again, I go back to he wants to be in Calgary. He wants to win with the Calgary Flames. And he wants to be a big part of that. Is that not enough for a franchise icon to want to come back? I have no idea. The roles that he could take with the team are almost endless. If we want to be honest about it, there's a thousand different things for him to do. But I'm I'm sorry, I don't need Jerome Jerome McGinley has his resume. What has he done after hockey? What did he do during hockey? He was one of the greatest power forwards of all time. I'm going to take advice from that guy. Great player. You want to talk about bringing players into Calgary, keeping them in Calgary? You don't think a conversation with Jerome McGinley who spent most of his 20-year career in Calgary can help with that? I think it can. I absolutely think those conversations can happen and can help this organization get better. Do I know what the exact parts are? I don't. But I think we're going to be here, and I think we're going to talk about this being an important add to the organization and much more than just a, a PR look. 
Uh, this one says, do you think Jerome could be the owner kind of like in Pittsburgh with Lemieux, uh, Joe and Red? I don't know. I have no idea um, what his financials look like. I don't know if ownership is something that Jerome's interested in, even in a minority shop, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Mike in Calgary says, you left out the Olympic gold. Yeah, 100%. Uh, that's uh, another accolade that Jerome earned outside the NHL. Uh, this one from Jim says, the Flames finally have a scoring right winger. Oh, what, still a good hire. Can't wait to see him. Uh, this one says, the faces of the Flames have been and always will be Jerome and Lanny. With Jerome's reputation, he can't do anything but help attract top players. Uh, this one says, the station for years made fun of the Oilers for the old boys club running the organization. Is this not the same thing? I don't know that it's the same thing. Uh, because, first of all, if this is the old boys club running it back, we haven't seen them have success one way or the other. I, I think when it came to the Oilers and, you know, the, the classic dragging down in, in Calgary, it was because that was like a 20-year thing of of that sort of run of things. Are the Flames trying the old boys club? I guess kind of. These guys don't have previous experience anywhere else, so it's it's kind of old face, old faces in new roles. But it, it's too early for me to judge, or for anybody to judge for that matter, if it's been successful or not. Um, why is our fan base so negative? Uh, this one says, "Will Jerome be ready for opening game?" Uh, I, I don't know, but I would probably bet he'd be in shape to play a a shift or two if they absolutely needed him. Um, let's see here. Uh, this one says, I believe Connie started as a special advisor as well. People need to start at the beginning in order to move up. This is just the start with Jerome. hundred uh, percent agree with that one. <laughs> Matt and Cochran again says announced Tangy to associate coach. You cowards. Um, this one says Husk is on a real short leash. If he falters in the first year, Iggy would be behind the bench. I, I don't know about that. I really don't. I, I haven't heard the desire for Jerome to be back in the coaching center. I know that he's coaching his kids and I know that's been a big part of his life post playing career. I don't know that he's coming to Calgary to get into the coaching ranks. I, I don't, I really don't know that it'll be something that we talk about, I guess when he comes to town and we hear from him first, what areas he wants to explore. But I, I don't know that his, his presence would right. At least in my opinion, have any effect on on what sort of leash Ryan Huska has as this team's coach? Let's uh, just say uh, Dylan says I find it borderline hilarious that people think this is anything more than a nostalgia hire for fans who need something to latch on. It's cool, I guess, but realistically, it's whatever. Um, <laughs> Travis and Copperfield will end off with this one says I hope Iggy can find us another Iggy, given his experience with his kids in junior. He might just know one. Uh, that from Travis in. Copperfield and uh look uh, at the end of the day I'm 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 stoked that this hire's happened uh do I know what it's going to look like do any of us know what it's going to look like no but again the the franchise icon the guy that means so much to this community as a player as a guy off of the ice who did so much here the first step for him if he ever wanted to get back into the NHL in my mind had to be in Calgary it is in Calgary and that's the most important part. What does it look like? What does success look like with Jerome? That'll sort itself out. But for today, the first step was bringing the, the icon back into Calgary after his playing career. And that's done. And for me, that was 
a very important step for the Calgary Flames to figure out. And uh, today it was made official. We will take a break, come back on the other side. We'll get back to the Aginla conversation very shortly, but we got to get a stamps report in. We're going to check in with our pal Matty Rose from Rustic and Rose in the uh, morning on the big show. He's got your stamps report today ahead of a Thursday matchup in Ottawa. It's the Stamps and the Red Blacks. We'll get you the latest next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Sportsnet Today rolling on from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. We'll continue the Jerome again, the conversation throughout the afternoon. What is a game day in the CFL? Calgary Stampeders back in action on a Thursday night to kick off the week. After falling at home last week to the BC Lions, they are in Ottawa. Set to clash with the Ottawa Red Blacks. And for today's edition of the Stamps Report, very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and welcoming our pal Matty Rose from Russick and Rose on the big show. One of our Stampeders reporters here on Sportsnet 960. Matty, thanks for doing this, man. How are you? Hey, doing really good. Uh, excited for tonight. Should be a good matchup on a Thursday. Yeah, pretty excited. Another game. Uh, another chance for the Stampeders to kind of show out what they got here. Um, I don't think any phase would really say that they felt 100% about their game after that opener against the BC Lions a week ago at home. Uh, now you're on the road. You're playing an Ottawa team that's also going to be looking for their first win uh, Ottawa, I thought their defense played good enough to win last week, but their offense, their special teams weren't good enough, and, and that's why they're also looking for their first victory here. So um, that'll be the couple of things to kind of keep an eye on as uh, we get into this one here tonight at 530. Uh, getting set for this one, looking to uh, the depth charts, Matty, and obviously the big news this week was uh, disappointing that Kadeem Carey was heading to the six-game injured list. He didn't make it through the first game of the year against B.C., dealing with a toe injury. So Diedrich Mills, who didn't play last week, and Peyton Logan will make up the backfield. How confident are you in those two to be able to replace the kind of production that Carey brings? I think that, especially when you look back at week one, another situation where it wasn't outstanding for Kadeem Carey, these guys can certainly step in and, and try and get things going for the, the Stamps offense. I don't know if they're going to lean on the run game as much as they typically would with Carey in there, but I think they're pretty confident with Mills and Logan. Both these guys here are in their second year with the CFL, second year in the Stampeders organization, and both of them last year show that they certainly you know, belong on a starting roster and probably could be starting somewhere across the league, but they really enjoy this kind of locker room here with Kadeem Carey. So all three of them were back. And now they're going to get an opportunity. It's a toe injury for Kadeem Carey. He's going on the six-game injured list. We'll see if he stays on there for six games because there there are some more options kind of available as they get going there. But for now, he's going to be on the shelf. We'll see what Diedrich Mills and Peyton Logan can do. They both show they could do it last year. Now the question is, can you come in early on in this season and help this team, especially on offense, where they sputtered last week for sure? Part of that offense stuttering, of course, was uh, Jake Mayer. Seemed like it took some time for him to get into a rhythm. Second half, much better than the first half, but Stamps are going to need him to get going a little bit quicker in these games if they don't want to fall behind again tonight, eh? I always thought that Jake Mayer was kind of a guy that needs to get into a rhythm to really kind of feel comfortable 
in a game. It doesn't always happen right off the bat for Jake Mayer. Uh, like this is a guy that we've seen in his very limited time here in the CFL rip off, you know, a dozen straight completions a few times already. And he hasn't been started very often for the Stampeders team. But that being said, we've also seen instances where if he can't get to his game, if things maybe get off the rails a little bit early on, well, then things can maybe be a little bit shaky. So I think early on, you definitely want to make sure that Jake feels comfortable. Uh, I know that Dave Dickinson, when talking to us after the game and kind of in the practice week leading up to this game, really felt that the offensive line, uh, interior guys, some of the veterans, maybe didn't have their best game. And some of the outside guys, who, you know, have been here for a little while, did, did, you know, hold up their end of the bargain. But at the same time, you need that whole unit playing together. And, and as a result, maybe it wasn't outstanding for Jake Mayer. But a lot of faith in this guy, a lot of faith in that receiver room. In the second half, he and Reggie Bangleton really looked to have a connection. Trey Odom Stoops had three second down conversions last week, which led the entire CFL. So there were some things to like, especially in the second half. But you got to get that a little bit earlier if you're the Calgary Stampeders. And it's going to be tough. This defense for Ottawa is no joke. They had six sacks last week. This is going to be a big challenge. Uh, you mentioned that uh, offensive line for the Stampeders with some struggles last week, uh, some changes this week, including at that right tackle spot. Yep, changes at right tackle. Uh, Hugh Thornton was dealing with a little bit of an ankle issue during the game there. So Caleb Beninock is going to come in. Beninock is a guy who um, is – New to the CFL, 28 years old, but has some NFL experience bouncing around down there. Um, was injured for a lot of training camp, but he's going to be on that right side playing the tackle position. 6'5", 314, um, the guy who's you know kind of played some big-time snaps before. Uh, like I mentioned, the NFL uh, was a guy who played at UCLA down at college. So we'll see what he can do on that right side, replacing Hugh Thornton, who's another you know veteran who is in his second year playing up in the CFL. Then on the left side, left side, Donnie Demery, um, he was really solid. One of the guys I mentioned, the left tackle that that played pretty well in that opening week. And I, I think that probably the biggest injury good news the Stampeders got is that Zach Williams is going to be able to make his season debut at left guard. That kind of brings that interior back to what they're used to with Zach Williams, Sean McEwen, and Ryan Sevier. And I think that that's going to be really beneficial to the offensive line and the offense as a whole. On the defensive side of things, uh, one point that Dave Dickinson made uh, after last week was uh, kind of, you know, opposite of what happened on the offense for them was they didn't get enough pressure on uh, Vernon Adams Jr. and the Lions yesterday, uh, last week. They're going to choke to change that up. Julian House there and James Vauders, obviously that new tandem at defensive end. But Mike Moore going to be in this week, Maddie, as a guy rotating on that defensive line. He retired during training camp but changed his mind uh, late, late through training camp and is now back part of the team and going to get into some action tonight. Yeah, Mike Moore, who's a veteran, six-year playing in the CFL, um, but looking here to make his Stampeders debut, a guy who's spent some time with the Edmonton organization, um, listed as an outside end, but I could see him playing some interior as well. The defensive line didn't get enough pressure, and that's one of the positions that early on in camp I thought Dave Dickinson had talked about you know, being a strength of this team. I don't know if he leaned into that so much as training camp wound down, especially after that last game, but 
this is a group that, you know, they, they made some concessions on their defense to have a guy like James Waters, who had NFL experience, come in and play defensive end. Julian Hauser isn't necessarily a superstar in this league, but has some serious experience in this league and, and knows how to play in a CFL defense. But both of them could have brought a little bit more to the to the defense and then the interior guys too. But listen, this is also a very different situation at quarterback between BC and between this Ottawa team. Vernon Adams Jr., very mobile, uh, especially when he's healthy and he's looking the part this year, that's for sure. And then in Ottawa, it's Nick Arbuckle, the former Stampeder. Jeremiah Masoli still isn't hurt or recovered from that Garrett Marino hit last season. Uh, so Nick Arbuckle got the call in game one, did not play very well through a few bad interceptions. So there's some opportunity here for the Stampeders defense, especially compared to what they saw in week one. Uh, a lot of the talk I've had with Patty on the uh, Patty Juma on these hits, and a lot of talk at, at Stan Peters training camp, as you know, Maddie, was uh, about the middle linebacker spot and how do you replace Jameer Thurman if you're the Calgary Stan Peters? Well, through one week, CFL vet Micah always come in, played pretty well, and looks like he's forming a, a good tandem there with Cameron Judge. They'll need to be good again tonight. Yeah, they kind of call themselves the Thunder and the Lightning. Micah <laughs> always the Thunder and Judge the Lightning, and. Judge showed a little bit of that in that opening game with the interception, set the Stampeders up in the red zone. Offense spotted there a little bit, but nevertheless, it was good to see Judge already having a big impact on the game, something he did last year a lot, whether it was tackles, fumbles, interceptions. He did a lot from that wide side linebacker position. And as a national, that's pretty clutch. And then Mike Alway comes in, had to certainly battle for that position, that starting job, but earned it. And then he goes out and he leads the entire CFL with 12 tackles. So I thought he had a really strong game at that middle spot. Um, maybe there was a couple instances where, you know, the, the eyes maybe deceived him a little bit and was maybe late. But as the game went on and that defense kind of settled in, I thought he played really well. And, and just talking to him, he's a very intelligent guy. Um, you can tell that he understands kind of what his role is in the defense, which kind of that middle clog, that, that very important part. And I thought he did a really good job in week one. They'll look to continue that. And, and they're also bringing Jordan Herdman Reed into this game, who's started at middle linebacker in this league before, maybe looking to be more of a special teamer, but they're going to have some other options there, at middle linebacker, and maybe some other options on their defense to throw at Ottawa. Uh, talk to me about the, the back end for this team and the halfbacks, the cornerbacks. I know it's changed up a bit. We had to kind of deal with the weird ruling of the designated American with Dozier and who was starting where, but seems like the Stamps have a better feel for all of that this week and looks more like a traditional backfield for them this week than it did last. Yeah, the, the depth charts are a little bit more confusing than they need to be this year with the designated Americans and everything that goes hand in hand with that. But yeah, Michael Griffin is kind of that backup safety. He'll get some starting reps just with the designated American Canadian rule. Brandon Dozer and Titus Wall have been an outstanding duo for the Stampeders at that kind of Sam safety positions. They'll look to continue doing that for the Stampeders. I think they've got one of the strongest boundary sides now that John Moxie has moved from corner into that boundary halfback position to play alongside Trey Roberson. Definitely have some questions on the field side, though. Mitchell Jamerson, who was a guy that 
they liked last year, got hurt during the season, came back this year, looked like he was going to be a starter, got injured in a collision in training or in that first week of practice leading into the BC game, and hasn't really been able to practice since. So as a result, it was Tay Daly who got the start alongside Kobe Williams. Daly was definitely targeted, felt like that early on in that game against BC. And as a result, we're not going to see him start or, or dress for this one. Julian Charles makes his CFL debut, and Kobe Williams will move over into the halfback spot. So that's going to be something to watch for sure, that field side, because there was some opportunity there for BC last week. We'll see if the Stampeders can shut that down. But it certainly would help if you can create a little bit more pressure, a little bit more havoc for Nick Arbuckle, make the life a little bit easier for some of those defensive backs. Uh, keys to the game for this one, Maddie. In your mind, what uh, needs to improve from week one if the Stamps want to walk out of Ottawa with a win tonight? Thank you. Everything has to improve. Everything has to take a step forward. Receivers got to be on the game a little bit earlier. There was some confusion with some of the younger receivers last week. That's got to be improved. The run game has to be, I would say, more efficient and also more active in the offense. The offensive line has to have a better performance. Jake Mayer, admittedly, after last week, has to have a better performance. Got to have more pressure on the defensive line. Special teams had their share of mistakes last week. Cody Grace was the best player. They can't have your punter being the best player. So no. there's a lot of places that this team can look to improve in week two, but that's also the beauty of the CFL. You got 18 games, you got nine teams, you got plenty of them making the playoffs. And as a result, you're going to have an opportunity here to try and get things back on track, get ready for the game uh, next week against Saskatchewan. There'll be a bye after that and then hopefully kind of have some of these jitters out with some of the newcomers to both the offense and the defense and, and even the special teams to a lesser extent. Uh, and just quickly, I don't know how much you would have caught of Ottawa and Montreal last week, but obviously uh, this Red Blacks team still looking to find their way uh, in this Eastern division. And anytime you get a backup quarterback, with all due respect to Nick Arbuckle uh, for the Stampeders, you got to be looking to put pressure on him and make life difficult for them. Oh, without a doubt. And, Listen, like I, I did watch last week, and I wasn't sure if it was an instance of the offensive line for Arbuckle not playing overly well, or the Ottawa defense, or just playing extremely well. Because listen, this this wasn't a situation where he was sacked a whole bunch. He was out there. I think he was sacked once, but they had five turnovers as an offense, and he threw three pretty gnarly picks they still were able to put up 12 points that defense of theirs held montreal to only 19 while sacking cody Fajardo six times but listen if you're looking at nick arbuckle in the last week that he had there's some opportunity there for sure and the other thing that they're really good at typically is their return game they've got Devonte deadman who's a guy who had some nfl looks he was really quiet in their opener too so if you can kind of keep those two faces quiet and you can at least try and win two out of the three and your defense can kind of keep Nick Arbuckle at bay, Jake Mayer can get a little bit better than last week, I think that the Stampeders should be able to beat this Ottawa team for sure. I uh, appreciate this, man. Before I let you go, um, I know you guys will be reacting to it uh, tomorrow morning, but uh, what did Matt Rose think when he saw the announcement that Jerome McGinley's back in town? Yeah, I was uh, just laying down for a little snooze there when I saw that. Very cool. Um, interested to see what it means for the organization. Um, you know, one of those things that I think we're seeing a lot of organizations, you know, we saw with Philly and Leclerc uh, just a little bit earlier this week, 
where they're bringing guys who know the organization back. This summer, it seems, has been one for the Stampeders, or, or pardon me, the one for the Flames, where there's been a lot of good favor to rebuild. You know, Craig Conroy, Ryan Huska, I think these are both moving things in the right direction. And Jerome McGinley is just another good hire, another good mind to have. Um, obviously, he's been around hockey with his three kids since he's been out of the game. So um, I think this is great and good for the organization and very intrigued to see kind of what the stages of growth are as the years progress here with uh, Jerome and this Flames team. Matty, appreciate you, pal. Thanks for uh, hopping on with us today. Enjoy the game tonight, man, and uh, have a good show tomorrow. Yeah, you bet. Cheers. Take care. Matty Rose joining us on the Atlas Peach and Sports Bar guest hotline for Thursday edition of the Stamps Report. Getting you set for the Stampeders and the Ottawa Red Blacks. 5.30 kickoff Thursday night from our nation's capital. Jake Mayer and the Stamps looking for their first win of the season after they fell to BC last week. Ottawa looking for a win after they dropped their season opener to the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, before we get out of here and get uh, to uh, our break, wanted to uh, get you all caught up. The Toronto Blue Jays were in action a little bit earlier today, and we go from a Stamps report to a Jays report with Taylor Dingman. Time now for the Jays report on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Taylor Dingman. The Toronto Blue Jays lost 4-2 against the Baltimore Orioles to close out this series. Yusei Kikuchi went four and two-third inning, giving up two runs on six hits. Danny Jansen was the storyline of this game. In his second game back from injury, Danny hit two home runs in consecutive at-bats. And he's hit another one hard. And he's hit it to deep left, and it's gone! Right over the 398 marker in deep, deep left center. Another long home run by Danny Jansen. He finished off the day with a single resulting in a perfect 3-for-3 three three performance. Kevin Gosman will hit the mound to begin a weekend series in Texas. And Gosman holds a 4-2 and two record in nine appearances, winning the last four games against the Rangers. That's your Jays report for this Thursday. First pitch will go at 6.05 p.m. tomorrow night. Watch on Sportsnet now or listen to the game right here on Sportsnet 960. Catch the Blue Jays all season long right here on Calgary's home of the Blue Jays, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Outstanding work by Taylor Dingman. Two for two on the Jays report. Just outstanding stuff. Jays, uh, unfortunately, not as outstanding as Taylor today. They lost. Continue to struggle against the AL East, but we'll see if they can turn that around uh, as the season goes on. Uh, of course, the news of the day, Jerome McGinley back with the Calgary Flames. Special advisor to general manager Craig Conroy. He will provide support in all areas of hockey operations, uh, but will, uh, during this year, continue his coaching responsibilities with Rink Hockey Academy in Kelowna, B.C., and uh, will support the Flames in a shared time capacity. Other NHL news today across the league. We're getting busy as the NHL offseason is underway. Uh, Sens and Devils electing for arbitration with some high-profile RFAs. Sens uh, with DeBrinket, uh, Devils with Timo Meyer. Jets will not elect for arbitration with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, John LeClaire hired by the Philadelphia Flyers today. Uh, that's uh, another add to their hockey ops department. Vancouver Canucks GM Patrick Alvin announcing that Ethan Bear underwent successful shoulder surgery. Uh, he was injured at the 2023 IHF World Championships for Canada 
and is expected to be out for six months. Uh, so that's a massive blow for the Vancouver Canucks before the offseason really uh, only begins. Uh, the Dallas Stars uh, trade uh, forward uh, Frederick Olofsson uh, and his rights to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for future considerations. Uh, Avs come to terms with Olofsson on a one-year contract for the 2023-2024 season. And finally, uh, again with the New Jersey Devils, Jesper Brat and the Devils closing in on an eight-year contract extension with an average annual value of 7.875 for a total of $63 million. 63 just happens to be the number that Jesper Brat wears uh, in his NHL career with the uh, New Jersey Devils. So isn't that fun? $63 million because you wear 63. It must be nice. Yeah. At what point does this stop? Um, never. I think people think it's clever. Like, they add the jersey number somewhere in their contract amount. And I feel like it's overplayed. It is, but I think they all, they think it's it's cool. Right? I mean, Sid was kind of the first one to do the, the 8.7 million thing because he wears 87. And I've seen the joke today. Everyone's going to change their jersey number to... 98 now so that they can get 98 million or 9.8 it's it i get it's overplayed but if you get 63 million you're probably pretty happy either way i'll never know so good for him (laughs) 63 million dollars more than i do you could do whatever uh you want within the law sometimes without the law don't worry about it Uh, that's sports said today uh it's been a fun hour it's been a busy hour we got to get out of here. A uh, special edition of Flames Talk is coming up with the one and only Pat Steinberg. And, man, I, I wonder, wonder who might come on today. I don't Think know. He's not, that well, he's not that well connected. Surely he doesn't What's have any today? big names stored in his back pocket. You think we're going to get Jesper Brat? No. $63 million man, Jesper Brat? Pierre-Luc Dubois? No. No. Ethan Bear? No, he just had surgery. Probably no, not the he's right time out. for that. He's Alex Brody, his child Brody and a dog. No, not Brody in the beat. <laughs> uh, yeah, the one and only Jerome Aginla. Four thirty this afternoon on Flames Talk. Yes, that Jerome Aginla, the real Jerome Aginla. Don't miss it. We're gonna talk to Iggy about his new role with the Calgary Flames. A Flames Talk exclusive. Thirty minutes out. If you're listening live. If you're going to catch on the podcast, it'll be on hour one of Flamestock. We'll probably bonus it, too, so you can find it uh, wherever uh, the Flamestock feed is. So that's coming up next. Don't miss it. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate everybody on the fan feedback line. Chan, Taylor, Cam, great job. Uh, Alex, thanks for being in the way. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back uh, on a Friday edition of the show. A little bit earlier. No Jays uh, midday baseball to get in our way. But Flamestock is next. Jerome McGinley coming up at 4.30 this afternoon right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.